Welcome to Talking League's Wacky Wednesday, proudly brought to you by Game Bear Squad. Create, coach, compete in fantasy footy, be the coach and win, download the app and play now. Well, folks, Wacky Wednesday is back after a buy round due to Origin 1. Less on that because I'm with two Queenslanders, but great to be back here on a Wednesday to go through your usual buy, hold, sell, avoid, a little bit of overs, unders, a little bit of rapid bounce, and of course, questions and answers. My name is Jason. I'll be your host for this week. I'm keeping the chair warm for Andy. He is back next week, so look forward to those mushroom jokes. But I'm joined by Sean and Riley, of course, two resident Queenslanders who are flying high this week. And Sean, mate, you know, obviously a bit disappointing about the Dolphins, but, you know, vibes must still be up after last week's Origin win, right? Yeah, not much knocked me off after the Maroons' mighty win last week. Um, fantasy was a bit average, but I'll take a Maroons win in a bad fantasy week any day. Sounds like a true Queenslander. And, Riley, obviously for yourself, Cowboys, great win against the Storm. You know, the Maroons were awesome in Adelaide and solid two points coming up for the Cowboys this week. Uh, vibes high? Yeah, Rob, I was definitely an up week on the footy side of things, but I thought I'd do myself and the fantasy world a favour and take a week off the pod. But tell you what, it's actually gone bad to worse. And I think I've walked under a few too many ladders this year with Cleary, Burbo, Lukey on the buy this week. And we'll get into dual bags a little bit later on tonight. So a little bit of a rough season, but I think I'm going to burn four trades this week. And yeah, I might be the new shooter in town, I think. Well, as they say, Riley, you can't take your trades to the grave, so you may as well spend them. So, boys, we'll do a quick vibe check before we get into the regular features of this show. And starting with you, Sean, in terms of round 15, how many red dots have you got? Who's the captain? And are we looking at making any trades this week? At the moment, I've got Drinky and Lukey on the bye, and then Jack DeBellin as a red dot. Uh, more than likely be captaining Mitch Moses. And then at the moment, if Jack Bird manages to start this week, I will hold trades. But if he's either on the bench or ruled out, I'll be bringing either Sean Russell or Bailey Simonson. Some very interesting options there, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later in the questions and answers section. Now, for you, Rolly, obviously you'll go on trigger happy this week. And being a Cowboys fan, you must have six red dots this week, right? Yeah, Robbo, my team needs a serious health check. I've got Cleary out this week. I've held on to Burbo. Uh, for a little bit, looking at a cash, I'm going to look to move to this week in Fainu. Lukey on the buy, uh, deal bags as well, plus JDB and Robson on the buy. So I'm going to look to hold JDB and Robson as I think they're going to be uh, two key cogs in my final 17. So looking to make four trades this week. Uh, Cleary and Burbo out. We'll look to potentially look at Moses, but the concern with him now is the potentially does actually uh, play game two and potentially three for New South Wales as well. So little bit of a punt there. And also looking at John Bateman as well. I think particularly if I do move Lukey on, I am short an edge for round 16. So I think Bateman's a gun I could look to bring in who uh, is underpriced. Yeah, he's certainly still underpriced. And you're a high-end owner, right? So captaincy is pretty much a simple solution this year. Yeah, pretty much, Robbo. I was talking to Jakey, I think the 10 minutes for kickoff last week, and we were to and fro and Hines, Cleary, Hines, Cleary. And I don't know how many times we chopped and changed, but we finally decided on Cleary, and yeah, Cleary did his hemi, and Hines got a nice 60, so it would have been nice if we did leave it on Hines, and I might have actually climbed in the top 10K. Yeah, you might have, and then Rowie would have been absolutely over the moon if he found that out. Well, looking at my team this week, I've got three red dots. Scotty Drinkwater's, of course, on the bye, and then Nathan Cleary and Dylan Brown are unavailable this week, and we'll probably touch on them uh, more in the later end sections uh, this evening. 
thing for me is I'll probably only trade one of them out if I want to. I've got obviously plenty of green dots and obviously the superstar Tommy Talao plays on the Thursday. So I'll get a look at him. If he scores all right, I might just slot him into the 17 and hold trades. Because like as you said, Riley, with Moses, and we'll touch on it later as well, if he has a great game or you know, Freddie's had a change of mind and he ends up playing 16 and I trade him in for Brown or Cleary. Um, that's not going to be great areas. So we'll start to move into the regular parts of our show. But before we do, just another reminder of a new competition courtesy of our friends at James. The prize for two tickets to a fully catered box uh, to be hosted by TK, Andy and Pat. The Round 20 Roosters and Storm game on the SCG this Saturday, the July the 15th, is now available. So... To enter this competition, relatively simple. All you need to do is comment on the Facebook or Instagram posts to get yourself one entry into the draw each week. So this week on Facebook and Instagram, the posts are both up. We want to know your best buy, holds, and sells for the round. Give us your best analysis for your ticket into the draw. And of course, with these tickets, they are just tickets only. No flights and accommodation are included. And of course, tickets are not sellable by the winner. Now, as we know, only three members of the Talking League team are confirmed for that. There's a bit of a rumor around I'll be the fourth, but I'm not going to confirm anything until all the tickets are handed out because it might discourage people from entering. <laughs> but again, big thanks to our friends there at James uh, for getting on board, supporting the pod, and of course creating a great experience for our listeners. All right, boys, let's get into the meat and bones of this show. We'll start with our buys. Now, Shawnee, I feel like there's a bit of favoritism here with your buy of the round, but sell me on this guy. Yeah, I'm going with um, Ray Stone. He's a good-looking rooster, which is part of the reason I want to bring him in. But then on top of that, he's got a nine break-even. He's priced at 446 And with uh, Jared Wallace being out for a bit, as well as Tommy Gilbert dislocating his shoulder, I think he might be lined up for a fairly good uh, positional change as the starting lock. Last week, he got 68 minutes, and the week before, 58 and his base, when he's playing over 40 minutes, is actually really good with 36 average tackles and 70 run meters. So if you put an average of about 40 in for the next three weeks, he should see 100K in price rises. And we'll give you a really good option in round 19 if you do need a mid. Yeah, it's a fair shout. And do you think with Marshall King having issues with his shoulder that he might deputize maybe five or ten minutes at the back end of the game at hooker? I think it does save Bennett a few more headaches. He might be able to run a four middle four uh, rotation as well on his bench, which Raystone's more than capable of just playing a little bit of hooker and just folding people in the middle. Yeah, well, there you have it, lads. If you want to improve the arousal levels in your team, Raystone's your man this week. Now, Riley, your buy of the week is an interesting player that I'm looking forward to you selling to me. He plays for Manly, and his name is not Ben Trevojevic. No, Rob, I'm going to take another pun on a cheap manly forward here in Feunu, sorry, who is a round 16 player as well. We can lock into that mid position. Price at 250k with a B of negative three. So he looks to have plenty of cash to make quickly in a big left edge role, which we thought Burbo did have, but fingers crossed his hemis will hold up. He averaged 36 points in base accumulated last week, so there is plenty of uh, base stats there we can rely on weekly if he does have a big minute roll, uh, which appears to be on that left edge. He did show attacking upside with three tackle busts and two offloads to hand. And the big uh, male here, I think, is Alloy A has been named to start at lock, so Tulungi is listed in the casualty waters not being due back until till round 18. So... Uh, Assuming Fayunu has reasonable job security there, but there is risk, as TK has mentioned. So 
an average of 35 points over the next three weeks would mean Fayunu has a possibility to make 140k. So I think he's a great cash grab we could look to get. And he is also a valuable mid option for round 16, as I have mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, with that, even if he only, you know, averages 30 and makes 100k like that's a really good 100k to make at this part of the season like we're probably not going to get 200 250k from a cash cow anymore it's going to be more those fallen guns that go back up to their starting price or their real uh, equivalent price now moving into our holds sure you've got a player that's listed in the emergency for their side this week do you think he plays and even if he doesn't is he still a hold yeah so i've gone with jack burr this is a little bit of a um lead on from last week where I held Bird as well. So I just wanted to double up. But he's in the reserves, which I think is a good sign that he'll at least be on the bench. He might lose a touch of cash, but I'd anticipate he does come in and play lock while the balance out. Even if he does get around 50 minutes, the way he works in the middle should still see a little bit of at least not a negative drop in price. When he started the first two games in lock in 2023, he got a 52 and a 47 which is really good for someone at his price in a break-even of 55. And then we all will anticipate the buy next week for him anyway, and I don't think it's worth trading him out just to trade him back in come round 18 or 19 because he is a keeper centre at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And like something that we're talking about off here, like more so about Debellum than Bird is, is that if you sell a, a guy like them before round 16, you're probably not going to trade them in before you know round 19 because they've got to buy in round 20. So yeah, may as well hold them for the time being. And I guess another thing as well, Sean, I'd be interested to know your thoughts on this. Do you think middle for him in the short term is probably a better position for him because he's less likely having to move laterally to chase after a centre or a half in terms of his defence and his knee issues? Yeah, it's probably more manageable for him. You see players like Terry Harris who pretty much have no knee cartilage who seems to manage through the middle fine. And it's probably better from a fantasy perspective because he does have a fairly good PPM in the middle while the edgy picks and chooses his spot and is a little bit more frustrating. Yeah, no, so hold hold on to Jack Bird owners because uh, he'll be great come end of season. Now, Riley, we'll have a look at your hold for the season. Uh, hold for the season, hold for this week, I should say. He's on a buy, but he has a cracking last name. Who are we looking to hold this week? Yeah, Rob, I'm looking to hold uh, Reese Robson this week. He appears to have bottomed out now at 680k with a B of 40, so I think he's a great pickup and a definite hold for coaches who already own him. The last two weeks, Robson has bounced back with scores of 71 and 55. It has not been a result of increased or inflated attacking stats, though. The Cowboys are starting to get some troops back now as well. And interesting to note that with Lolo, uh, Robson averages 59 fantasy points and 2.6 missed tackles per game. And without Lolo, he averages 53 fantasy points per game and 3.5 missed tackles. So I think Lolo's presence in that middle third of the field is vital for Robson. Uh, to drop those missed tackles, which has been uh, huge for his demerits over the last couple of weeks, and which has resulted in his scores uh, predominantly being around that 40 mark and not sort of hitting that uh, ceiling of 60. So Robson has recorded one and two missed tackles in the last two weeks, which has been dramatic in his turnaround, as I just summarised. A buy this week, but playing in 16 gives you a premium hooker option in that second major buy round, which I think is going to be pivotal for uh, coaches who may be looking to run someone like Bronson Garlic there instead. So I definitely think that is an advantage you could look to have over some other coaches and make up some ranks. Yep, it's a great shout there, Rolls. As you said, good hold this week. And if you don't want to buy Jake Turpin next week, uh, he'll be a solid pickup there as well. 
rolling into our cells this week, and I can't accuse you of bias for this one, Sean, because you're telling us to sell a dolphin this week. Yeah, I thought I'd balance it out a little bit this week um, <laughs> with the dolphins. I'll be selling Isaac Katoa. I've never had him, but I think it's the right time to sell him. He's got a break even at 35. Last two weeks is a 21 and a 32, and he's coming into the buy next week. It's probably your best opportunity if there wasn't one already to get Carl Oluwapu or even somebody like Samuel Fainu, who both play around 16 and probably have a little bit more cash to make. If we want to be generous and give him a 35 average the next three weeks, he only makes 10K, which really isn't worth the hold and probably prices him right at what his average would be. Yep, fair share. If you haven't got rid of him already, you may as well go ahead and get rid of him now. We're very balanced on this show in terms of ourselves this week, because Riley, you're looking to sell a cowboy. Yeah, Robbo, this week I'm looking to sell Heal and Lukey, so price at 553k with a B of 33. Last week his minutes were concerning with Nanai and Leilua now back, which dropped down to the high, uh, dropped down to 34 minutes, so a score of 39 fantasy points, though, which was a result of huge attacking stats with one try assist, one line break assist, four tackle busts, and one offload to hand. With a buy this week, it may be too much for coaches to hold until round six, round 16, especially if you have Hosking and IPAPs in your squad as premium ed, edge options who could play that week. You're going to have uh, positional wastage in 16. So Lukey is someone you could look to move on. For owners who took a punt, in round 10 on Lukey, he has made close to 100k, and I will reference your article uh, here, Robbo. You did write on Lukey a couple of weeks ago. You're absolutely spot on. So competition for spots now. Lukey may not be a final 17 keeper, so you can look to move him on this week and use him as a number to further your round 16 and 19 by planning. Yeah, but it's a fair shout. And like you said, like there's more superior edge options this week. Uh, in this upcoming major buy rate around 16. So if you have Lukey for those two, you basically have two buys in a row for him, which for a 550k asset isn't really what you want. So look to moving on, Lukey owners. And the Cowboys, they come up in around 16 against the Panthers. And I believe, Sean, the play that you want us to avoid this week uh, plays for the Panthers. Yeah, it'll be Nathan Cleary's replacement, Jack Cogger. He comes in at 375k and a 24 break even but I don't think he's worth the price tag to get him this week. If he was at 220 or 250 whatever it may be, he'd probably be a great buy as he does have a fairly good base in kick meters and averages 38.8 at halfback, but that is inflated when kick meters were worth more. So you probably take that down and he's actually only getting 27 in base, which is still about price at his 375 price tag. And then there's uh, very much expectation that Cleary's back in round 21, which means you're only getting four weeks out of him at most and probably not seeing more than 70k in price rises. Yeah, it's a good shout. And, like, he is a capable goal kicker. But to be honest, this week, Stephen Crichton will do the goal kicking. And if Curdy Falls comes in around 16, he'll he'll probably do the goal kicking in that round because he's a better kicker. Um, in saying that, the Cowboys are going to beat him 50 nil in round 16, so there won't be any goals to kick. Which, uh, you know, speaking of Cogger and people that have replaced Cleary in the past, uh, Riley, you're looking to tell people to avoid a former Panther this week, I believe. Yeah, Robbo, and specifically going to look at Matt Burton this week at 699k with a B of 48. The reason I bring up Burton is with Cleary uh, and Dillbags potentially out for an extended period, a lot of coaches are scrambling to find a half, so I'm going to place Burton in the avoid category as the issue isn't the fact he's averaging 53.5 fantasy points moving to halfback, 
but it's now that he's in contention for a New South Wales spot, considering he was 18th man for game one. So with Cleary potentially out now until after the origin period, Burton may miss round 16, 17, 19, and 20, if not backing up. So as Shawnee just touched on with Cogger there, he doesn't have the best uh, overall value and points for coaches uh, over that period. So look to avoid him and look to someone potentially like Moses who may be a better pickup and be better value for coaches. Yeah, terrific shot there. It's just not been the season for Burton. And, you know, as you said, misses 16 most likely, misses 17, and they've still got a buy like around 21 or 22 from memory. So, yeah, it's just it's not, not going to be a great time for Burton for the rest of the season, unfortunately. But that brings us to the end of our buy, hold, sell, avoid section for this week. Let's roll into our overs and unders, boys. Obviously, you know the drill, five players, one from each match day, because, of course, in New South Wales... South of the border from us, they have a public holiday on the Monday that we do not have, which uh, I guess that's uh, coming back at us from May when we had that public holiday on the Monday. But starting with the Thursday game, a player who's been very fun to watch the last few weeks and has scored very well in fantasy, Stafford Tor. I've said he's overs unders at 43.5, which is a little bit under his centre average for the year of about 46. Riley, is he going over or under against the Titans? I think he's going to go over here, Robbo. Uh, the Tigers have been playing a lot of good footy. Uh, of late and he has been dominant on that edge so I do expect him to potentially cross the stripe and rack up a few attacking stats and he will go over Beautiful and Sean is he going over or under 43 and a half I'm a bit, I got a bit of PTSD from the Titans-Tigers game last year when it was an absolute bludger <laughs> but the way the Titans edges defence I think Tyre and also Junior Tupo may have a field day out there so yeah over Yep Terrific shout. Let's make it 3 0, boys. He's going to turn up again. He's coming up against the Times. Another Queensland team, not from Brisbane. He's turning up. Kyle will be happy. Oh, he'd be absolutely <laughs> thrilled. I don't even think he bought him in the end. I'll have to double check that. Well, actually, <laughs> no. We'll double check that tomorrow on the Thursday show because, of course, he'll be on there live with Jay Warrior with uh, TK hosting. Obviously, we've moved a couple of magnets on the, on the notice board this week, which is very exciting. What's also very exciting is a player is playing their 300th game on Friday. It's none other than Jared Croker, friend of the show, who TK's interviewed about a million times and uh, has replied to a thousand annoying texts from Corby. Overs and under set for him at 27.5, Sean. Is Jared Croker going over or under that? I want to say over just because he does seem like a really good bloke. The Warriors centre is actually a little bit weak, and then they've got um, the young Lala Titi in the centres on Debu, so I think Croker might give him a little bit of a masterclass on how to play centre this week. Sounds about right. What do you reckon, Rolls? Over under 27 and a half. I'm going to say he goes over, Robbo, against the Waz. I think the Raiders will put on a score against them. Also, I think, uh, I hope the boys have put Croker in their best bets for this week in a milestone game as well. So, yeah, get him in your multi for Friday night. Absolutely. Another 3 0. It's a poor selection of plays by me, but no, I really hope Croker has an amazing 300th game. It's been really impressive to see him come back and actually make the milestone. And like you said, Ross, he's going to dive over for a try, kick you know four or five goals, and a good win for the Raiders at home. And yeah, he'll sail over for a nice 40 odd. So uh, best, best of luck to Jared uh, from all Talking League for your 300th game, mate. And a player that probably needs to up their game on Saturday, they're coming up against the double reigning Premiers in the Roosters. It's Joseph Manu. I've got his overs under set at 44.5 because it's very hard to grade this one. But, Riley, is he going to go over or under that? I think he's going to go over this week, Robbo. A poor performance last week with a score in the mid-20s. 
at 580 does have uh, a decent track record there as well, scoring the mid-40s to 50s. So I definitely think he will bounce back uh, from last week and, uh, yeah, rack up a decent score with a few attacking stats. Do you concur with that, Sean? Bounce back for Manu in over 44.5? No, I'm actually going to go under. Watching him play is really starting to hurt me at the moment. He's not getting across the field as well as he usually does and there's not enough link play to really help him out. I don't think Cleary being out is actually going to help Manu scoring in any way. It probably hinders him a bit as the game will probably be a bit more condensed and more exit sets and middle play. Yeah, interestingly enough, I actually agree with you. And a bit of PTSD for me from last year when South played Penrith and they didn't have Cleary and they still beat us. And it was their middles that just absolutely obliterated us the whole game and made the halves on the back foot the whole time. I think Manu might have the same this week. I know they're playing at home. Uh, but yeah, I think he might be mid-30s, which is concerning as an owner. A player who's done pretty good of late and, and you know, leading talking lead analyst this year in Brenton has him in his team already. It's Jesse Ramium. We've got his overs under set at 42.5. And Sean, is he going to go over or under that against the Storm? I think he's going to go over. I believe he'll be matched up against Grant Anderson, who isn't the strongest defender in the centres. And the way Ramian's looked the last couple of weeks, I think he'll be ready to go. And Hines has got one last chance to prove he's ready for origin. So I think his outside back's going to get a fair bit of good ball this week. That's a very, very good shout. Riley, is Ramian going to cash in this week and go over 42 and a half? Yeah, I'm going to back up Shawnee's narrative there, Robbo, and say Ramian is going to cash in this week. Hines' last audition for that New South Wales 7 jersey as well. So I do think uh, he will throw a lot of ball down that right-hand side. Just note that Raymond does have scores of 51 and 50 in his last three games as well. So definitely looks to have bounced back. There has been an uptick in his run meters as well. So he may be back and he could be an underpriced op- pot option for coaches to consider picking up. Yeah, definitely. I agree on him being underpriced, but I'm going to say he's going to go under this week. Now, it's I think I, I agree with your analysis uh, from both of you that the right-hand side is going to absolutely carve up. But it's going to be Nikara feasting. Nikara's going to get a double, and Sione Kartol is going to get a few tries. So Raimi will have a good game, but he won't cross the stripe, won't have a line break, and he'll get like a high 30s, but still play quite well. So, yeah, wheels up for Raimi, but he's, he's an under for me. Another difficult over-under the set. Uh, he made his origin debut last week in Adelaide. It's Tavita Pungai Jr. in the Kings' birthday game on Monday against the Eels. Over's under set at 46 and a half, Sean. Scratch your head and give me an answer. Uh, that's a big scratch. I think he's going to go under. I think RCG is going to turn up and prove that that origin spot's actually his and TPJ won't be able to handle the niggle in the middle. Fair enough. And Riley, with that, is it going to be a sin bin that causes TPJ to go under 46 and a half? I think so, Robert. It's bound to happen. Uh, it's been a while since he actually hasn't had one this year, just looking at his stats. So... Def, one's definitely not far away. I also don't think he can back up with three decent scores in a row. So a score of 74 in round 12 against the Titans and a score of 50 in round 14 against the Roosters. And I do think you touched on it pretty well there, boys, that RCG will dominate him and Paulo in that middle of the field. Interesting. I think I'm going to go against the grain. It's not just to make my picks look good and then not being three nils, but I think he's going to chuck five offloads this week, and that's pretty much half the way to get there. He'll make a lot of tackles because Parramatta will dominate. He'll throw a few offloads to say, hey, Freddie, look, I can still offload inside my own 20. Pick me. And he'll get a 50 score. So, yes, definitely no PTSD for the New South Wales fan from that offload he did in his own 20 in Adelaide. But, uh, you know, there's always a good time for an offload. 
But uh, it's no better time to create, coach, compete in fantasy footy for free with Game Bear Squad. It's your skill, your squad, your fantasy, so play now. Open free new player packs each week and build your ultimate squad. It's fun, it's free, it's easy. Compete and play now for free at gamebasequad.com.au or download the app. And of course, another reminder that Game Bay Squad have extended their weekly cash prizes. For both their capped and open leagues in AFL and NRL, the top three per round will win cash. $1,000 for first, $500 for second, and $250 for third. So get behind Game Day Squad. All right, boys, rapid bounce. Let's fire through these. So a bit of a heads up. One of these is going to be a buy question. The second one's going to be a sell question. And the third one's going to be a captaincy question. So starting with the buy question, it's probably the most popular one of the week. Are we going to buy Moses or SJ? Sean? I'd be buying Moses. He's got better buy coverage and probably a better captain option over the time. What do you reckon, Riley? I'm going to buy SJ Robbo just due to the fact of origin potential. Uh, it is concerning that you could uh, miss him in round 16 uh, and 19. So I would look to go SJ just that fact. He's averaging 63 points this year, so he's a clear half gun. Fair shout. I'm going to go with Moses, and it's because of that anonymous listener that gave us some great intel in terms of what happened in the sheds with SJ. I'd be concerned about buying him at this stage, and that would worry me more than buying Moses. So 2 one to Moses. Next one, boys. This is a bit of a tricky one. Uh, do you sell Helam Luki or do you sell Nelson Asufa Solomona? What say you, Sean? I'd probably be selling Luki this week. There's a lot better options and a lot more popular edge options than there are mids, especially if there's potential for people like Hopgood to play Origin. Fair shout. And is the risk of the cat leakage for Nass enough to sway you, Riley, or is it Luki all the way for the sell? No, Lukey all the way for the sell for me, Robbo. Just due to the fact I think Lukey has peaked in prices I did touch on uh, in my sell earlier on in the show. Also the fact that Nas does play in round 16 as well, so he's a valuable mid-option coaches could look to consider. And at 549k, he's significantly underpriced if he does uh, come back to form and have an extended run on the field as well. So here's someone coaches may look to pick up uh, if he does give us a couple of good dates in a row. Fair shout. A 3-0 from me. Yeah, I think Lukey's got to go. Like you've said, boys, better edge options than Lukey. And essentially, that means he has two buys in a row. And yeah, unfortunately, if you're a NASA, you're just going to have to cop that cash leakage because he at least he's a green dot this week. Right, the last one. It's a captaincy choice. You're assuming you're in charge of a team that doesn't have Nico Hines. Are you going to captain Payne Haas or Jermaine Hopgood, Riley? I'm going Payne Haas, Robbo. Just due to the fact he is a premium mid, and who knows what that power rotation is going to be like this week with RCG and Paulo, both named to play. We're not sure how many minutes uh, Hop Gun is going to play, so would look to go for Haas for that security of a of a sixty plus score. Fair shout. Now, Sean, with this, you know Dylan Brown's not going to play, which we'll touch on very shortly. But is there a chance that the ball playing expert that is Paulo moves to six, and as a result, Hopgood gets eighty minutes in the middle? I'd be more worried about Hopgood playing nine the way Hodgson's playing, but I'd, I'd probably still go Harsett as the captain. Um, Newcastle's pack is in the best, so I think he might charge through with a couple of tackle breaks and potentially a line break and a try assist. Uh, I really appreciate the reinforcement of that one, boys, because I'm captaining Payne Haas this week because I don't own Hines, and that's potentially might be why I threw that question this week. All right, solid performance there on our rapid bounce. We're going to go through our questions and answers. So just a heads up for the listeners with this, we're going to split it into two parts. The first part, we're going to have a sort of a wider conversation about the half situation, of course, with Brown and Cleary. And then we'll go through a few questions uh, outside of that. So 
Of course, if you want your question answered on the Wednesday show, just pop on to the socials on the Wednesday, see the post where the questions are opened up, pop your comment in there, and we'll usually get to them on the show. If not, we answer them the next day on Facebook. So, starting with Dylan Brown. So, we've had plenty of questions come in about Cleary and Dylan Brown. So, from the likes of Matt Stinson, Mark Taplin, Mitch Olerenshaw, Curtis Lawton, Gerald Ward, and Luke Adams. So, thank you for your questions. We'll go through those now. So, Starting with Dylan Brown, the statement from Parramatta today reads as follows. The Parramatta Eels have been informed by the NRL that Dylan Brown has been stood down from team selection as part of the NRL's no-fault stand-down policy regarding the incident this past weekend. Dylan will not be eligible for selection until he receives clearance from the NRL. Out of respect for the legal process now underway, the club will not be making any further comment at this time. So... That's a statement from Parramatta. News Corp have reported that the next part of the court process is in three weeks. So they're running with the assumption that Brown will be unavailable for at least three weeks, which would be rounds 15, 16, 17. And then Parramatta, of course, have the buy in round 18. So with that in mind, Sean, is Brown an instant sell in terms of he has to go either this week or next? 100%. And he almost has to go this week. That's four weeks in a row that he's at least out for. And I don't think he's worth holding regardless. There's plenty of options around the halves. So you could look at someone like Mitchell Moses, which is almost not sideways. But depending on your coverage, I'd imagine most people have SJ at that point as well. And then potentially Pong to cover around 16. And then you could go elsewhere with some options there, Robo. Yeah, it's a fair shout. And with that, Riley, as we know, that Brown and Moses are pretty close in price. That's pretty much straight away a, a, good, a, good, a good move if I could get my words out, is there anyone else that we could look to bring in for Dylan Brown or is it just a matter of Moses or look to another position? I don't think so, Robbo. Like, looking at it, I think there's two pretty clear options, especially during the origin part of the season. You've either got to look to uh, sideways to SJ or Moses. You've got DCU who's going to play games two and three for Queensland, same as Munster. You've got Hunt who's going to have a limited uh, involvement there for the Draggies as well is a little bit of chat around his potential move to nine as well. So what's that going to do for his scoring? Cody Walker's someone uh, who's been on an absolute tear lately, but just his style of footy I cannot get on board with. He's just too up and down and too reliant on attacking stats. Reynolds' buy coverage as well. It, it isn't favourable for coaches looking to play overall with buys in 16 and 19. So I think you've got two clear options in SJ and Moses. It's just uh, which way you want to go there. Yeah, and with that, Riley, would that just be more around what buy coverage you've got in 16 and 19 in terms of dictating which option you'd go for? I think so, Robbo, and I think Shawnee actually brought up a pretty valid point then. You've got someone like Ponga as well, who we do have an excess. We Some coaches potentially do have an excess, sorry, of wing fullbacks in round 16 as well, so you could look to shift Ponga up into your halves then as well and potentially only run one uh, in Moses uh, with Ponga there, so... There's plenty of options coaches could look to consider there. You've also got Oluwapu who does play in 16 as well. So plenty of options. I do think by planning, though, at this stage of the season, especially for overall coaches, is really important. And you need to do what's best to set yourself up for 16 and 19. Yeah, that's a fair shout. And as we know, Sean, like the mid position for round 16 is probably the most difficult position of any of these major minor buy rounds to fill. And... Yeah, speaking of Parramatta, Ryan Madison's due back next week. If you had Cleary and Brown in your squad, 
would you be, be tempted to maybe trade one of them this week and then the other one next week and hope Maddo's named and bring him straight in to get your third mid for round 16? I think it's a really good idea to look to definitely move Brown this week because then next week you get to see origin selection for Cleary and you can make a move there. If coaches have the potential of having a Ponga, I wouldn't hate the idea of going down from Brown to Oluwapu to really free up some cash. Then you've got a 16 and 19 half and you can get a mid. The best one in round 16 potentially is Jermaine Hopgood and then following up with Ryan Madison, depending on if Balo and RCG do get selected for New South Wales. And they should both see 60 minutes plus, plus have DPP, which is handy for coaches at that point. Yeah, absolutely, because then when we get into round 19, you've got some coaches that own the Hoskings and the Cartoas of the world that don't play 19 and they don't have to rush into a Bateman, a Papali, or a Nicara that, of course, don't play around 17. And, and speaking around 17, Riley, like we know a lot of coaches obviously would own Buller and Hines, so that's two red dots locked in for round 17, and they might have just gone out and bought a Bateman or a Papali, of course, they would give them three red dots. Would you be comfortable buying Oluwapu as a fourth red dot if you didn't own him yet? I think you do need to look to bring him in, uh, Robbo, for the fact that he is going to be a cash generation option and we do still need to look to make cash in our squads. You do need to consider the fact that you are or you do already have four red dots come round 17 as that is something uh, coaches did uh, battle in round 14 as well. So you do need to look to manage that as it is going to be key because... Even though you can make up ranks in 16 and 19, I still think there's plenty of ranks to be made up in 17 and 20 due to the fact that players may, coaches may only be playing 16 or 17, 15 or 16 players in those rounds. So if you can look to fill your squads with 17 there and 17 strong players, I definitely think you can look to make up ranks there. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing as well is we know in round 20 that we get those eight, inverted commas, extra trades, but... A lot of coaches will probably have a lot of injuries, and if they haven't run out of trades by then, they'll be spending three or four of them in that week just to get to like 15, 16, 17 players. So like you said, if you're able to sort of coast through 16 with you know, 10, 11, 12 reasonable players, you know, close to 17, around 17, obviously parry at the buy in round 18, that's pretty easy to manage. 19, I mean, you just do your best. And then you know, round 20, if people are scrambling to get people in, and you know, if Hines doesn't back up with that game in New Zealand uh, after Origin 3, it could be absolute chaos, and like you said, Play ranks to to gain. Now, last thing on these half situations, I know you're both Queenslanders and you don't care about the Blues besides the fantasy impacts, but I want you to give me a percentage chance of Moses being in the starting team for the Blues next week. I'll start with you, Sean. Give me a percentage. I was going to answer, well, I don't think they should pick him, but the way Freddie and Gus are carrying on, I'd probably say it's about 50%. But as a Queenslander, I'd actually hate to see Cody Walker and Nico Hines in the six and seven. Fair shout. And Riley, would you rate him as a 50% chance of being in the 6 or 7 for New South Wales in Game 2? I think he's a 50% chance, Robbo, but I literally do not know what New South Wales are trying to do because they got Burton, who was 18th man last game. they got Hines sitting on the bench. They've got Moses, who they're talking about bringing in. They've got Cody Walker there. Talker Cook coming back. So instead of running a Penrith spine, Latrell going to fullback, we could run a bunny spine. So... Freddie's got no idea, so that is a potential I would look to potentially give Moses a miss this week and go to SJ. Due to the fact there is so much uncertainty there, Reynolds is another option who I do think New South Wales actually do need to go that way. I know he is injury prone. Uh, He does carry a few injury risks there, 
But just due to his leadership and the way he has been leading that Broncos team around the middle of the park, I definitely do think he's a shout. And just a way Freddie does look need to consider because playing at Suncorp, it isn't easy for a New South Wales team, especially 1-0 down. So I definitely think uh, Reynolds, with his experience, can steer the ship around there. Yeah, fair shout. I've actually got less uh, optimism for Moses actually getting picked. And I'm not trying to sort of, you know, trick any coaches looking buying him this week because I'll probably actually buy him this week. I just, I can't see him doing it. I know Gus is in his ear saying, hey, pick him, pick him, pick him. But I'd be more surprised, I'd be more surprised if he got picked over, say, an Adam Reynolds if they are bringing in a new seven into the fold. And, you know, like you said, their roles, the New South Wales Rabbitohs could be back and, you know, instead of that navy blue jersey from game one, we can go back to 2021, get the Anzac jersey that didn't sell out, that was you know blue for God knows why when we played the Titans, and wear that in uh, in game two, because that'll mean the Queensland fans can't boo the jersey, because if they boo that, they're actually booing the Australian Air Force. And you know, that's some of the 4D Jeez. chess that Freddie thinks he's capable of, but let's be honest, like you said, mate, he's got no idea. I suppose Does that, that means Yo goes also... back. There you go, mate. You go, Shawnee. Uh, the uncertainty around that seven is probably a good reason to hold Cleary as well this week if you've got both of them because that way you can at least get an idea of where to spend your million dollars around that point. Yeah, it's a fair point as well. I guess the only other thing, um, and I'll get to you in a sec, Roll, is with this, is say if you own Brown and Cleary, if we're looking from a looping perspective, but like depending on how much budget you've got, like I've got 100k in the bank, so I can pretty much buy anyone I want besides Heinz if I trade a Brown, but is there some logic to keeping Brown this week because the the para team play in the last game of the round, so he's another potential red dot that you can use to loop. Or would you just yeah get rid of him because you know he's gone, Riley? I think you've got to look to pun him, Robbo, especially if he is only out three weeks. It's only a, really a two week play yard getting rid of him, so I would look to move him on. You do have uh, loop options this week in the Cowboys players, so I do think you could look to use them instead, and they would be of more value to you. Having uh, someone of uh, nearly 800k on your bench. That's a gun you're not playing with. So, coaches who are holding Robson this week as well, that's two guns you could potentially have sitting on your bench. So, I would look to move uh, him on and go sideways to someone such as Moses or SJ. Perfect. Nice, nice boys. So, hopefully, we've covered all those sort of questions around that. And, of course, the boys tomorrow will touch on it as well if, they, if you haven't had the angle that you're specifically looking for. So, if we haven't answered your question tonight... Jump on the live tomorrow, pop it in there, and hopefully Jay Warrior, Kyle, and TK, of course, will be able to get that answered for you. But, boys, we'll jump into a few questions before we wrap up for the show. First one from Samson Chandalal. And for you, Sean, uh, AJ Brimson, what are your thoughts on him as a pod? He's definitely a pod, but he's not a pod this week. He's got a 56 break even, priced at 504. The Titans have the buy next week, so you could at least get one week to see how he tracks. His hamstrings are, are made of glass as well. Him and Turbo are having a, have, having a fight to see who can miss the most weeks. And then, <laughs> and then come back into round 17. The Titans don't have a buy anymore, and he's got DPP. And when he does play the full 80 at fullback, he averages 42. So give it two weeks, see how he goes from there, and he might be a good option at the back end of the year. Beautiful. Like you said there, if you at least leave it till then, he won't do his hammy before round 20. And if he does it at that point, hey, you can use one of your eight bonus trades and trade him back out for, you know, three poor scores. Uh, next question for you, Riley. It comes from Hannah Smith. Thank you for your question. And it's about two of your Cowboys. Uh, Helam Lukey, who we've already talked about, and Jake Granville, are both of themselves, or would you potentially look to hold one of them? I'm going to 
list Lukey as a sell, Robbo. I did cover him early in the show. I just think there's better edge options in round 16 who are premiums where you could look to fall behind the the pack in terms of overall points. But I'm going to label Jakey Granville, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but he's a hole just due to the fact he does now have that mid-hooker dual tag. So with Ruben Cotter off in, on origin duties uh, next week, fingers crossed, hopefully, uh, Granville could have some bigger minutes to pick up in that middle third of the field there. Just noting that he did have, in round 13 against the Eels, he played 56 minutes and scored 55 fantasy points, largely thanks to 46 tackles made for two misses. So I definitely think there is an increased role there. And with that mid position being so tricky to fill, I think that's a trade you could save uh, and get a decent score there to help you uh, jump some ranks as well. Fair shout, and who would have thought in 2023 that you could rock a dream mid-combo in a buy-round of Jake Granville, Harrison Edwards, and uh, Samuel Afainu. Like, can life get any better than that? They probably all will score 50 next week, I reckon. They'll probably all dive over for a try. Next question for you, Sean. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. I mean... You know, potentially if you went out and had those four players, that would probably be the only coach in, in history to have too many mids in round 16. <laughs> right, uh, we'll roll into the next question for you, Sean, from Kirk Turner. And he wants to know, who would be the best centre to bring in? He's got Manu, he's got Lemuelu, and he's got Joseph Suwali'i, and he's thinking Will Penasini as a replacement. I would hope after this week he doesn't have Suwali'i. But I don't think Penasini is the pe- person to bring in. He's just a center. He's far too expensive to have in your team when you already have Manu and Lemuelu. There's better options around the mid and edge at that price point. And if you are bringing in another center at that point, you want it to be in uh, someone with DPP like Jack Bird in the, in the long run. But at this point, I'd be looking at Sean Russell or Bailey Simonson. So Russell's got a 36.8 average on the wing this year and has four tries in his last four weeks and has a 10 break even. While Simonson's actually been scoring really well in the centers this year with a 35.8 average, but has a 40, a 50, and a 42 in three of his last four and is running for over 150 meters every every week so far. So one of those two is a good option. Gives you a good wing fullback center DPP and gives you a 16 and 19 number. Yeah, absolutely. And with both of those, because they're cheaper, they give you a lesser cap hit in round 18 when Para have their next buy. So sound advice. And I just want to put it on record. Another dual position center is Tommy Talao, who does play in round 16. So don't forget about him, Kirk, if you haven't had him already. Break so even below five. This... Yeah, break even below five, boys. He's going above his starting price of 250K this week. Lock it in. Righto, Rolls. Uh, last question for you on an individual basis this week comes from Matthew David. A bit of a bit of a mega trade for you, so something to sink your teeth into. He wants to go Cleary to DCE, reasoning being Moses has buy last round, so he doesn't want to hold a trade for that. He wants to go Jack DeBellin to Britain Nicola, and he'd also like to trade Tyrell Sloan to Jesse Ramian. What are your thoughts on those three trades? We'll start from the bottom here, Robbo. I do like the Sloan to Ramian trade. JDB to Nicker, I do think, is potentially sideways. JDB, even though he will uh, miss the next two weeks with um, mentoring missing out this week, plus the buy next week, I do think he is still a hold, though. He is potentially a top three uh, mid-option this year as well, uh, which is such a premium position, sc- scoring 60-plus. So I would look to hold him, even though it may be rough seeing him sit on your bench the next couple of weeks. Clearly to DCE, it's an interesting one because... You're not going Moses or SJ here, and potentially the reason you do look to go DCE is because you're playing head-to-head. 
uh, and the fact that DCE will not miss a game for the rest of the season as he has his last buy in round 19. So if that's the case, I would look to jump on uh, DCE. If you are playing overall, though, I do prefer uh, Moses or SJ just due to the buy coverage and availability there. So depending on uh, which way you're playing, I think determines which way you go there. Yeah, it's a good point. And as well, DC, DC's BE is about 80 this week, which we know he can sail over, but that is a bit of a risk bringing into play with such a high BE that plays in Origin. Last question that I'll get both of you to chime in on. It's a great question from Charles Walters, and he's talking about the fact that he's already set for buys, and he just wants to build a little bit more cash generation. So who's best to bring in for cash generation at any price? Do you have a top three? He's listed Finu, Turpin, Little, Cogger, and Stone as potential options. And I'll start with you, Sean. Is there anyone sort of outside of those that is worth mentioning? Or is there you know, a clear standout from those players that Charles has listed? Remember when I was all set for buys and then I had 11 players for round 13? <laughs> but at this point, my top three would be Jake Turpin at number one. I think you're going to get a solid 40 average from him and generate a bit of cash. And if he plays well, he might be hooker for the rest of the year. Number two is Ray Stone, who could also be in very similar mould, just tackle and run. And then the last one I like, Sean Russell, as an option. DPP plays around 19 and 16 and should see about 150k in price rises. I actually don't like Fainu this week. Just looking at the bench, I think he's going to lose some minutes to Ben Condon and also Carl Lawson. And there's good chance Tuolagi comes back in around 18, which isn't helpful. Yep, fair shout. And for you, Riley, with this question, again, anyone outside of these names that you'd like to suggest, and who are your top three in terms of cash generators for this week? Not really, Robbo. I think Charles has pretty well covered it there. I think uh, finally, I'm going to go against Shawnee here. I do think he's potentially the best option for quick cash generation uh, due to that role he does have over the next uh, couple of weeks. Three-week play there with the potential for 150K, which I think is gold at this time of season. Jakey Turpin was absolutely outstanding for the Roosters last weekend and with a low B this week, I think he's set, set to make a stack of cash. Jacob Little is another one you could look at uh, just due to the fact he does play that round 19 buy. I was talking to Jakey last week uh, about him because I was tossing up between Turpin and Little and I did end up going Little due to the fact that I do have Robson playing in 16 and having Turpin in my squad would have resulted in uh, excess positional wastage. So, Little gave me a round 19 hooker as well, which gives me better buy coverage. I think Cogger is a clear avoid. Shawnee covered that very well. Stone, I do like, but I'm just scared by a score of 19.54 minutes in round four against the Broncos, where he made 20 tackles, had a try assist and a line break assist, and only 48 run meters. So the other concerning thing with him, when you filter his stats for this season, uh, he does average 3.2 missed tackles per game. So... He does like to rack up a few demerits there as well. I do think he has great job security going forward, though, and is a valid option. Yep, fair shout there indeed in relation to Ray Stone. Well, wraps up the question and answers for this week. So coming up tomorrow or Thursday, depending on when you are listening to this, the live Q&A with TK hosting two Kiwis in Jay Warrior and Kyle. That'll be on from 6.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time. TK's playbook, of course, at... Sunday night slash Monday morning, so look out for that. And, of course, your regular programming all through next week uh, before we hit into Origin 2. So this should, if all things go to plan, be the last time I'm hosting in the interim because Andy should hopefully be back next week with all his jokes in store. But it's been fun keeping the chair warm for him. But, 
Boys, before we sign off, any words, any wise words? Great start from, great finish from me. Any wise words for the coaches there, Sean, before we head off for round 15? I think this is a good week to hold trades if you don't have more than red dots. Get ready for 17 and 20 because they will come up quick and you, before you realise you'll have five players on the buy. Beautiful. And any words of wisdom for the coaches out there, Rowie? Cowboys got the buy this week, Robbo, and I'm going to go a green arrow. But in terms of fantasy, though, I do think if you are holding uh, Dillbags and Cleary, you do need to look to move them on uh, just to get maximum output in your squad. When making those trades, though, make sure you really do consider your positional coverage for 16, 17, 19, and 20, as I think it's going to be vital getting as many players as possible in those rounds to uh, keep and make ranks. Yeah, absolutely. And we know dual position players are crucial, so just don't forget about Tommy Talao. You don't want to sleep in him. He plays on Thursday, so you don't want to miss him. But that's all for... uh, The Thursday curse, he'll turn up for sure. That's all for this week on Wacky Wednesday. Thank you for joining us on the Elongated episode, and we'll catch you in the next one.